0: The following program contains material that may be too intense for some viewers. Parental discretion is advised. and ghouls, and welcome to the Advent Calendar House, the holiday podcast that's standing right behind you. If you somehow did not read the title of this episode, you're wondering, why are the wolves out? It's not Halloween? No, it's not, but that's the only way I could think of to warn you now that this is a spooky episode. So yeah, today's a bit darker than our normal festive fare, but if you're up for it, join us as we dig up a 1989 Christmas episode of Tales from the Crypt. This is And All Through the House. I am tragically unaware of my surroundings unless you puncture me in the skull, Mike Westfall. And joining me. Is a right jolly old elf who just escaped from the nearest institution for the criminally insane and is having a very productive evening. Please welcome Jamie Ray from Fave Five from Fans. Hello, Jamie. Hello, Mike, and thank you
1: for having me on the show. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Sure is. Halloween.
0: And uh (laughs) (laughs) while we're recording this, yes.
1: (laughs) And all of my friends from the Pleasantville,
0: Mentally insane criminals say, oh, that's how we do it here. Thank you so much for being here. You actually brought this one to my attention when I was on your show. Go figure. But please check that out. It's a good time. I'll put that link in the show notes, as always. But I'm going to be honest. I don't have much of a history with Tales from the Crypt. Oh, It was never under my radar. I feel like it got hugely popular very quickly, but I just... Didn't get around to watching it until much later, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it it, it did take right off. Um, the first season, they were only like about 30 minutes long. I, I think maybe there were only six episodes. Okay. And it just blew up on HBO. And so then they started and started doubling down and doubling down. That's really, really good episodes. As you know, I'm a horror aficionado, so yeah, I enjoyed it. But this one always stuck out it's uh, it's a right jolly good time
0: it is and uh, this aired the first night that it premiered it was it was episode number two right out of the gate and they did it back to back on night one it was a uh, yep. June 10th 1989 this aired in June
1: woo I 19 I was just 19 and loving it man we had a friend who had HBO and I remember going on and over and watching it at his place and the only thing I could think of was the uh, old um, Joan Collins had a had a movie uh, yes. segment where she did it. Mm-hmm. And so this one was, I mean, it was just so pumped up, so new, uh, just really, really, really enjoyed it. And it stuck with me for a very long time. Not many of the episodes have actually stuck with me, maybe six or eight. But this one was just, just great because I, I remember the comic. Oh, okay. And then I remember the Joan Collins movie and then you know to see it again it was it's amazing stuff
0: yeah interesting choice to have the second episode of your show that starts airing in June to be Christmas themed though but
1: I know but it's a it's a doggone good episode so it's a,
0: it was I had so much fun watching this mm-hmm. uh, but now I think we have a new winner for a show I've covered on this podcast that premiered as far away from the Christmas season <laughs> as possible yes <laughs> Uh, But while it was the second episode aired, it was the first to be filmed. And to my surprise and delight, it was directed by Robert Zemeckis.
1: Right? He did several of them. Oh, did he? Mm hmm.
0: Okay. They brought out a lot of big guns right out of the gate for this show. That's how big of a deal it was. Right. But I, of course, love Robert Zemeckis. Back to the Future is one of my very favorite movies. I've covered his adaptation of A Christmas Carol, the one with Jim Carrey and the motion capture. Mm-hmm. So when I saw his name attached to this, that sealed the deal for me. I have to cover. it.
1: There was no messing around.
0: Yeah. Uh, and this episode actually came out five months before Back to the Future Part 2. So there's your timeline. Okay.
1: Yeah, he was busy little guy.
0: Yeah, fresh off of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So, But put a pin in those things. We'll actually come across a couple of familiar faces in a bit. Mm-hmm. So most episodes of the show were based on stories from the old Tales of the Crypt comic that you mentioned. This was based on a story in an issue of the Vault of Horror, number thirty-five, from way back in nineteen fifty-four. Yeah, another EC title. Okay, yeah. Now were these things that you read before the show started? Were you like, oh yeah, for sure? Okay. There
1: there were always uh, dog-eared copies around there were if i'm not mistaken there were some republications of them but uh yeah there was all kinds uh this was some of the stuff was pre-code right uh, because you know the code came around fifty the something i believe okay so i mean you know you would find these you would find the the crime ones where people were getting hacked and killed and stuff so you know as a young kid you're like oh yeah give me all that good stuff you know? <laughs> So I was familiar with with several of these. Especially, and like I said, this story as a kid, I remember thinking, wow, that's that's something else. And then finding the Joan Collins movie later on, because I was way too young to see it in theaters.
0: OK, yeah, that was again. This was my exposure to the whole Tales of the Crypt franchise. And then I found out, oh, there was a movie. Oh, it's older. Oh, OK. Oh, there were comics. Oh, neat. Yeah. <laughs> Just a weird yeah. timeline to kind of discover this particular story. But if you want to watch this particular episode, I couldn't find it streaming in the usual places. It's not even on Max for whatever reason.
1: No, no. Can't get it on uh, Amazon. I actually have a buddy uh, shout out to uh, Nelson Gonzalez with the 501st. He has the boxed complete set of all seven seasons. Oh, well, all right. Um, and just to throw it out there, but I borrowed the first season from him. Uh, we had lunch, started talking about what I was going to do on the show. And he was like, oh, my God, I love that so much. <laughs> We've now decided to do a series of complete disarray with Jamie Ray episodes just about yes. Tales from the Crips. OK, so if we run into another Christmas, I'm going to have you back.
0: Well, all right, I'll be around. But I will say this also was not hard to find. I even found a version that included the classic HBO feature presentation intro. Oh, cool! Which is one of my favorite introductions to anything. Is that the one where it swings down through the city? Yeah, you go through the yeah. city and then it's up and down. Oh my goodness! That's the good stuff. Oh yeah! And then we open as we always do with our old pal, the Crypt Keeper, wearing a. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, don't, don't apologize. <laughs> He's wearing a full Santa suit, including a rather disturbing looking rubber mask of Santa's face.
1: Right? Oh, my God. I saw that again last night. And I'm like, just take it off. Let me show the <laughs> the the decrepit face underneath. It's much better.
0: Yeah. I don't know whether it was the mask itself that I found disturbing or that it's being worn by the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> oh, it was definitely the mask. <laughs> yeah. For me. But you, it looks kind of off seeing his little skeletal face behind it, but... Mm-hmm. but I but I liked that whole aesthetic it's a great opening to set the tone that this is a Christmas story <laughs> our gift to you yes uh, the voice of the crypt keeper is John cassier oh, 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 kitties. just your old pal the crypt keeper
1: having a little holiday fun why else would I be in this getup
0: unless there was a clause in my contract <laughs> This is definitely his best known role, but do you know him from anything else?
1: I honestly do not. Um, I actually met him not too long ago. Oh wow! And he still—I mean—that voice just flows out of him, and and you see this really nice-looking, put-together guy, and you hear that voice, and it's just just kind of throws you a little bit, you
0: know. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, he he. Had- done a lot of voice credits as additional voices and a whole host of things one i will call out is uh, in disney's pocahontas he makes the animal noises for miko the raccoon oh well there you go yeah I mean, hand in hand there you go but the other thing i know john cassir from is an old tv commercial from 1987 for a then brand new video game called the legend of zelda no way. Oh yeah, he's in this commercial. It's just him in a dark room. He's wearing a black turtleneck and he's just shouting out Zelda. <laughs> and then he's like shouting out names of monsters like Octarox and it's this it's the silliest thing. <laughs> Watch Zelda become a legend on your Nintendo Entertainment System. Zelda! <laughs> Which way you go? Good times. time. <laughs> 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 P P, P-, P- Leavers. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Zelda. 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 The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> A never-ending adventure new for your Nintendo Entertainment System. Zelda! I'll have to find that. It's so weird, but that is how John Kassir introduced me to what would become my favorite video game series.
1: That is awesome.
0: <laughs> anyway, Crypt Keeper, uh, coming in from a heavy blizzard in this Santa suit and carrying a big bag of something. Parts. Or for all we know, someone. Yeah, <laughs> slams it on the table. Never talks about it again. Just a fun little effect. Then he tells us he's brought us a terror tale chock full of holiday fear. A uh, cheer. Cheer. And goes a little something like this. It was the night before Christmas. And all through the house. And we fade to this lovely snowy Christmas Eve night scene inside what looks like a beautiful home. Nat King Cole's playing. Gets you all cozy, makes you feel all safe. There's a fire going. We see a hand reach for the fireplace poker. I think nothing of it. Nothing. No. No. Uh, this hand belongs to our. Well, I don't know if "hero" is the right word here, <laughs> but our protagonist. Her name is Elizabeth, and she is played by Mary Ellen Trainer. Merry Christmas, darling. Jamie, I'll ask you what else you might happen to know Mary Ellen Trainer from.
1: Oh, if you saw any movie in the eighties, you had had to, to seen Mary Ellen. Uh, I know that she was uh, the first role that I thought of was that she's the the sister that ki- gets kidnapped by. Um, Jon Wilder on um the Romancing the Stone movie, she's the reason for the whole
0: movie. Oh, okay. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Elaine, I think, was her name. Um, but of course, after that, I think it was like uh 85, maybe like the next year or so, mm-hmm. she was the mom to um Sean Astin and Josh Brolin in Gremlins and Not the Grimlins. Goonies. Uh, Goonies, thank Goonies. you.
0: Thank that's that's my go to. For her Goonies, she was also the mom in the Monster Squad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some more festive films she has appeared in include Scrooged, Die Hard, all four Lethal Weapon movies, all four Lethal Weapons, all four. I think it's her and like (laughs) a couple of other people who made all four of them. Uh, I I don't even know if Danny Glover did all four. I I don't don't know. know? Look, (laughs) but uh, but Mary Ellen Traynor was married to Robert Zemeckis at the time.
1: Oh, had nothing to do with her getting the role. I'm sure.
0: No, of course not. Mm -mm. She's a wonderful muse. But to that end, she also had a small cameo in Back to the Future Part 2 as one of the police officers in the future who bring Jennifer to her future home. Oh, okay. Wow, I didn't catch that. Neither did I until I read this. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Hey, yeah, that is her. (laughs) So she's playing Elizabeth, who's still awake on Christmas Eve night, along with her husband, Joseph. Who's reading a Christmas Carol by the fire and scoffing at the ending? Yeah, he got all the way through that, and at the ending, he's like, "God bless us, everyone." Right. Okay. Uh, Joseph is played by Marshall Bell. Did you recognize him? Oh my
1: god! Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I first of all, I mean, right away he jumped out at me as um. In Total Recall, George. Yeah, yeah, that was mine. The one that Kwatu rides around on his on his tummy. Yes, but I- <laughs> that's
0: the that's the first photo in his IMDb gallery. <laughs> Is it really? Yes, yeah, so I'm like, oh, what a choice. <laughs> well done.
1: And, of course, he's, in total, he's there in that Total Recall. And then later on, he plays a, a general, like in Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, yeah. Also by Paul Verhoeven. Yep. So I'm guessing he's one of those. And then uh, I read that he was on a An Man* Elm Street uh, Part 2.
0: Yeah, he was the the gym coach that gets killed in the showers.
1: Oh, well, there you go. And uh, he was in Twins as well. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. yeah he was one of yes, the, like the hitmen. Mm-hmm. One thing I recognized is from the first thing that came to my mind after Total Recall was the movie Airheads. Oh. With uh, Brendan Fraser and Adam Sandler and Steve Buscemi. Yeah. yeah, he was one of the SWAT team officers trying to get into the building. <laughs> I don't know why that popped up like as the second thing I thought of. but Well, he's got that face, you know? He's got that face, yeah, and and HBO used to play that movie to death. Oh, really? You know? Yeah. Never seen it. Okay. Never seen it. Yeah, that was just one I remember always on. But yeah. Speaking of HBO and death, as Joseph, his, uh, he asks his wife, she has the fireplace poker, and she says yes, and he makes the classic mistake of telling her, well, let me have it. <laughs> so she does.
1: And she said, what? what did you say? What did you say? And then he says it
0: again. What did you say? What are you, death? I said, let me have it. That's one of those TV tropes. Where no one in real life says that anymore because of scenes like this. Because <laughs> she does let him have it right in the head.
1: Right with the little with the with the spike that comes out of the poker, too.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, it was a beautiful shot, which Ooh. I'm gonna come back to later, but it will go all the way. <laughs> but like that's like someone telling you we'd love to have you for dinner. No one says that anymore. Well, I, I
1: still say it, but.
0: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so this guy's out already. I don't know what I was expecting, but it was a slow burn in those opening credits. They let a whole verse of Nat King Cole play and then bam, we're off to the races. Yep. But but because Tales of the Crypt likes to twist comedy into its tragedy, Elizabeth struggles for a bit to get that poker out. For yeah. finally there's a there's even a pop there's a when it comes yeah. out of his skull. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and little Carrie Ann comes in back in. Mommy, mommy. Yes, here's where we meet her daughter, Carrie Ann. She didn't see any of that. She just came downstairs to ask if Santa was here yet. Mm-hmm. Carrie is played by Lindsay Whitney Barry. I saw him. Who? Santa. Oh, come on now. But I saw him. He was outside. She was also in Back to the Future Part 2 as the little girl Marty steals the hoverboard from. No way. Yes. Keep it. I got a pit bull now. That's her. <laughs>
1: it's awesome. <laughs> she was great, but man, she was Santa crazy.
0: She sure was. Oh, my goodness. Santa crazy for crazy Santa, maybe. I don't hey. know. <laughs> so she starts telling her mom she saw Santa and mom brings her back upstairs to bed. She says goodnight to Joseph, her stepfather, who, of course, doesn't answer her back. She asks why, and mom says, oh, he fell asleep on the couch. She's been doing a decent job keeping her cool so far.
1: Yes, she has. She has, even when she's putting her in bed. She's yeah. not You know, I'm going to open the window a little bit, you know, get some air in. And then comes one of my favorite lines. What do you want for Christmas, mommy? To which she replies, I already got it, baby.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, no, it cracks the window open because uh, Carrie complains it's too hot.
1: (laughs) Did that kid?
0: Oh, like, that was the perfect amount of, like, child overacting for Mm -hmm. effect. Like, she didn't ham it up, but, like, she probably was instructed to, like, to that exact level. Like, she just, she nailed it. But, unfortunately, those were, like, Two of maybe three or four other credits on IMDb. So she has moved on. She moved on pretty quickly after this.
1: Well, Christmas was never the same for her. So, Sure
0: wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So back downstairs, Elizabeth picks up the phone and calls her affair partner. Now I understand what's going on here. Bow chicka bow bow. Oh, this guy, he doesn't pick up. Her lover doesn't pick up. Instead, we hear his very classy answering machine message. I'm out partying. Leave your name, number, and measurements.
1: Yeah, he's a classy guy.
0: What a catch.
1: (laughs) And then she brilliantly leaves, quote unquote, a confession on his answering machine.
0: Yeah, it's done. I did it. We could share all of the money now. Right. You know. It's all ours. We're free. <laughs> yeah. While holding what appears to be Joseph's last will and testament. hmm So all that's left for her to do now is clean up the mess. That's right. And quite
1: the mess that she's made. But luckily, she has a nice plastic bag with a red bow on
0: it. Yes. I love the touch of the pretty red bow. I do, too. <laughs>
1: And he uses it to tie it around his neck. You know, tie it and-
0: around his neck doesn't want to get blood on that white couch. Oh, Mm-mm. which by the way, people with white couches, I don't understand you.
1: I don't either. There's something wrong with them, unless they have plastic over them. Then there's something else wrong.
0: I <laughs> haven't seen one of those in a while. No, <laughs> oh, but people with white couches and children, I really don't understand you.
1: Yes, yes, for sure.
0: But I love those little touches, the bow on the bag. It's a festive paper towel she uses to wipe off the coffee table. (laughs) (laughs) We wish you a Merry Christmas playing on the radio. Yeah. They're really trying to make us feel safe before unleashing more terror on us. That's right. But for now, Elizabeth drags her husband's body outside. Is she going out the front door?
1: Right out the front door into all of that. What is that white stuff that falls out of the sky when it's cold? (laughs) <laughs> um,
0: I don't remember. It's been snoo- so long. Uh, sna- <laughs> What's I don't a know. Man? Anyway,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't see much of that here.
0: Yeah, I can't tell if she's going out front or out back. I think it's out front, but it doesn't seem to matter. They appear to be rather secluded next to some woods.
1: Yes, I think she's going out back. Okay. But just because that's where the well is.
0: Yeah, there is a well out there. Yeah, but yes. Yes. While she's dragging the body outside, we hear a news bulletin on the radio about a serial killer on the loose in the Pleasantville area of Gaines County. Dressed as Santa Claus. That's right. Which he stole the costume from
1: the house of one of his four victims that night. Yeah.
0: Four victims. One of them had a Santa suit, decided, well, don't mind if I do. Let's make it a party. (laughs) Uh, Gaines County mentioned uh, in the news Alert is a nod to Will Gaines, William Gaines, the publisher of the original Tales from the Crypt comics. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. That's an awesome little nod.
0: I like when they do those little touches in there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there she's she, she's totally not hearing it because she slams the door as she drags him out.
0: She misses all of this. She's dragging her husband's body through the snow. Doesn't bother taking him all the way into the woods, though. Mm-mm. Not when there's a perfectly good well to drop him in.
1: Exactly, but not before an awesome jump scare that I don't think I was ever really expecting, you know?
0: (laughs) No, no, Joseph's not quite dead yet. He reaches up and grabs Elizabeth by the throat. Yeah, that made me jump.
2: How
0: about a nice cold plunge, Joseph? (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. Maybe jump the second time I watched this while taking notes, and I knew it was coming.
1: It was a good one because you know, only did he get the head. Now he's had the bag on for a while, so you know, you thought, oh, for he's done for sure. Yeah, that was that was a good one.
0: She was gonna toss his body into the well. I hope that's not where her water supply comes from. Yeah, I hope not. (laughs) Don't put him in the well. The woods are right there. Right there. She tries to reach for a nearby axe now on a pile of firewood, but she can't quite reach it. So she tries to pry Joseph off with her foot and he eventually lets go and takes his last breath.
1: Right. Thankfully.
0: But. Yeah. She's not safe. No, not yet. Not done yet. As she gets up, she hears something over by the house. It sounds a little like jingle bells. Mm-hmm. Calls out a who's, who's there. Who's there? goes to make sure there aren't any witnesses to her crime. That's what's going on in her head. Exactly. Turns around and comes face to face with our Santa-clad killer who is now wielding the aforementioned axe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: And he gets on her. I mean, he's like, goes right for her. Oh,
0: yes. Swings at her right away. I'm going to say it now, and it will pertain to the rest of this episode. Mary Ellen Trainer has one of the best horror screams. Oh yeah, loved it like she does a lot of screaming through the rest of this and it's just maybe too much, but it's like it's supposed to be campy so I like it
1: yeah yeah well you know if a if a horrific Santa was attacking you right after you had just killed your spouse, maybe you'd scream a little bit too.
0: yeah, I'd scream a bit yeah and yeah. that's the nature of the show to be a little over the top mm-hmm. and everyone involved it knows this and is totally on board. I appreciate that.
1: So you you realize that he he almost gets her, but she's able to escape from him because Santa's got nards.
0: <laughs> yep, <laughs> <laughs> nodding back to, to the monster club. It all yeah, yeah. It, it all comes full circle. Stay tuned for more tales from the crypt. Time again for. The- Keeper's ghoulish guide to the holidays on Kids WB. Holiday tip number 73. Only scream this creepy scarel.
2: Rushing through the crypt With a monster in your sleigh Over the ghouls we tripped Screaming all the way <laughs> Spells the witches sing Making demons rise How fun it is to moan and groan A crypting song tonight Oh, jingle boo, jingle
0: boo Jingle all the way With the cryptkeeper's ghoulish guide To the holidays on Kid W Boo!
2: <laughs> Love. Family, traditions, presents, pumpkins, fireworks, Santa Claus. All make you think of holidays, right? Well, what about murder, heartbreak, gangsters, and witchcraft? Still thinking about holidays? Beginning this February, I will take you on a journey to the lesser known sides of the holidays, the sides history might try to forget, the celebrations that you might not be familiar with. Oh, and don't worry, I'll be sprinkling in some elements of normal holiday traditions too. After all, even those of us with a dark side still have a special place in our hearts for the Easter bunny, Valentine's candy, cute jack-o'-lanterns and ghosts, and of course, all things merry and bright. Let's uncover and celebrate the strange and unusual together. I'm your host Kristen, and this is Holidays After Dark.
1: yeah, so she gets it and is able to uh, run back into the house um and the um locks the door. and then she picks up the phone to call the operator, which was great because I guess pre
0: nine one one I don't really remember, yeah, this is nine one one wasn't always a thing. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. And by nineteen eighty seven, only two years before this episode, only half the United States had access to nine one one as an emergency line.
1: That's crazy. That is yeah. so
0: crazy to think about. Uh, I mean, I always remember having it, but.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I remember as a kid, there always being this piece, a piece of paper by all the phones. Yeah. Because my grandparents and my parents and with all the numbers on it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so it it kind of struck me when I was watching this, like, why is it? She just call a 911 and same for with you. It, it didn't come on right away for everybody. There were a no. lot of places.
0: I will say it might have it might have just hit my area. I was living in New Jersey at the time, like right when I was really young, because I do remember the phone on the wall and it had the little speed dial buttons and a couple of them were like the ones down at the bottom were police, fire, yep, hospital. Yeah. And then it was just like mom and work and things like that. <laughs> Pizza. Pizza. (laughs) I wish pizza was on there. Oh, I'd be in trouble if pizza was on there. Goodness.
1: So she does get in touch with the operator, but before she goes on to the police, she hangs up, remembering, oh, yeah, my murdered husband's in the front yard.
0: Yeah, because, well, the operator asks for her location and she looks out the window, sees her now dead husband's body and realizes, oh, I can't bring the police there. They'll arrest me for murder.
1: Yeah, my location is about 45 foot from my dead husband.
0: Right. Well, and the and the poker she used to whack him is still inside the house. So she right. hangs up the phone. And as she does, we see Santa peek through a window in the back of the house before hiding again. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I will say Santa, for lack of a better name, is played by Larry Drake.
1: Oh, he's so good. Oh,
0: I, he's great in this. He's probably best known for the show L.A. Law, where he played Benny, who was a, an intellectually disabled messenger for the law firm. Mm-hmm. Was also evil mobster Robert Durant in the Dark Man movies. What? But of course, everybody
1: knows he missed Dr. Giggles.
0: Dr. Giggles was the one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. That goes to show you what kind of movies I watch.
0: Uh, But he was good with the crooked teeth and everything. Oh, yeah. He has these, like, perfectly gross teeth Mm -hmm. hanging out of his mouth. Just beautiful makeup on there. He's got a scar running across his face. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Probably probably got that from a sharp candy cane.
0: Probably. Yeah. One of the other victims. Who knows? (laughs) That Santa costume didn't come easy. No, it didn't. So as she's running around, he's he breaks through the
1: and I, I think. back Well, to your first, question. the
0: phone rings again, and this time she doesn't answer it.
1: Right. You're right. But then he breaks through. And I think the well must have been in the front yard because he breaks through the window right next to the front door where she took him out.
0: Yeah, no. And she uh it's a tire swing. There's a tire yes. swing that crashes through the window. And Santa grabs her by the throat again, and she's able to reach the axe. This time, whacks him on the head, knocks him out, closes and locks the window shutters. Yeah. I don't know what good that's going to do. Window's already broken. Right. But another good bump from the tire swing will open it again, but <laughs> fine. She stops to catch her breath for a second before the phone rings again. This time, she picks it up, and sure enough, it's the police. Specifically, a Sergeant Feldstein named after Al Feldstein, who co-created the old comic series, along with William Gaines. A nice little nod there as well. But uh, the police are calling everyone in the area to warn them. Uh, we're calling everyone in your immediate vicinity about the individual who escaped from the mental hospital tonight. Huh? Uh, have you heard anything about it on the news? or No. Well, ma'am, he's killed a couple of people. Uh, we have reports he's wearing an old Santa Claus suit. We're sending deputies to all the homes in your area just to check up. You're sending the police here? Yes, ma'am. Here? Uh, that's right, ma'am. Just very calmly and matter of factly tells this woman on the phone, well, he's killed a couple of people. Just, yeah. Just like that. Is there anything else I should know? Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't listening to the radio earlier. She was too busy getting rid of a body. <laughs> tells her they're sending deputies to every home in the area to check on them and they should be there in about 20 minutes. Okay, so now she realizes the problem still remains that her husband's fatal head wound isn't from an axe. It's from her fire poker. Right. Some of y'all might be thinking, oh, what's the difference? And that's why you'd be a terrible crime scene investigator.
1: Or serial killer.
0: Or serial killer. Uh, But in whatever insanity is going up in Elizabeth's noggin, she has the foresight to know she's got to make it look like Santa did it. And that means she's got to go back outside and give her husband another whack. Props the door open this time so she can run back inside if needed. Lines up the axe to split her recently deceased husband right down the middle. But she misses twice. Twice. Yes. She had great aim with that poker earlier. Why (laughs) all of a sudden can't you line up a dang axe? I don't know. But like they say, third time's the charm. That's right. See, first, she's looking away as she swings, and I'm thinking she can't be getting squeamish now. She already did the hard part. Right. But then I thought maybe she didn't want anything splattering up into her face. Yeah. That's going
1: to ruin her alibi. Well, plus, she killed him from the back last time,
0: so she didn't have to look at his face. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. looking at his face. Yep, that could be why she's turning away now. Yeah. That's a good call.
1: Yeah. But now she 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 gets it, and at the same time, the thing propping the door open
0: falls away, yeah, it's like an umbrella it's on an, like an umbrella, umbrella stand, stand. Or yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh but it's a really flimsy one, and the wind blows the door shut on her right, right. so now she reaches for her house keys, but loses them in the snow under the steps to the porch. So now she's got to go fumble through Joseph's pockets to find his keys. Why would he have house keys in his pocket? He was just sitting on the couch. Well, this
1: is 1987. You never know when you're going to go outside and need to lock the door. You know, of course. Yeah. That
0: was the old West back then. Need some more firewood. Put some more fire. He, that's what he needed the poker for. <laughs> Something had to be done about the fire. He might have needed more wood. His chestnuts were no longer roasting on the open fire. That's right. But apparently he had his house key still on him. Lucky break. So Elizabeth takes. One last look around before opening the door, and she's safely back inside. Meanwhile, the slam of the door earlier woke up little Carrie, who's thinking Santa's there. Santa! She looks out her window, disappointed to find nothing. But I saw an imprint of a body in the snow where the killer Santa used to be. Right. That means he got up again. How'd you miss that, kid? (laughs) <laughs> Thought it was a snow angel. So Elizabeth breathes a sigh of relief, calls the operator again and shouts, The killer! The killer is here! Please, get me the police! I, I, I knocked him out! He's here! You've got to hurry! He's there? Yes! Yes, he killed my husband! <laughs> but just as she's about to give her address, she looks out the window... And notices the axe she buried into Joseph's head is now gone.
1: Right, and then she rushes to the back to find Santa missing as well.
0: Yeah, drops the phone, and I should emphasize this is a nineteen eighty nine table phone. Yeah, so that's a big phone. You don't want to be dropping that in your foot.
1: Yeah, and it of course doesn't break because it's a nineteen eighty nine phone. Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) Now she runs to the back of the house where the broken window is. Santa's not there either, like you said. So now in a real panic, she tells the operator, who's still on the line, he's got an axe. I'm at 12 Lori Lane. The operator asks if she has a weapon in the house or anything she could protect herself with. And that's when she remembers Joseph's gun. Yes. Goes into the closet to get it, but she can't quite reach that high shelf. And while she's fumbling for it, the closet door closes behind her. Weird. Yeah, especially when she goes to open it, the doorknob comes off. Just things not going right for you tonight, honey. Yeah. God. So she's stuck in there now and suddenly turns toward the window where we see a ladder get propped up on the side of the house. Santa peeks through and just smiles at her and then looks upward. Because he found an open window. Oh, my God. Carrie's window. Just opened a crack, but luckily... Just a crack. Ann is there to help. Yes. The noise of her <laughs> screaming has now woken up Carrie. She opens the window and looks down, and all she sees is Santa. I knew!
1: Come on, you slowpoke. Where are my presents? You hurry up, you
0: big old Santa.
1: (laughs) She was awesome.
0: (laughs) Oh, she was so great. It's not a very high ladder either. Not high enough to get into a second floor window without help. But he climbs up anyway. And poor innocent little Carrie reaches out her hand. All the while, her mom is screaming, trying to open the closet door. Finally manages to kick it open forgets about the gun, and just runs up to Carrie's room, but she's not there, and the window is wide open. And Then we hear her call from downstairs, Mommy! Carrie! Elizabeth runs back downstairs, relieved to find that Carrie is okay, until she says, See, Mommy, I told you Santa would come. He didn't even have to come down the chimney, and proudly adds, I at a
1: man. I love that line.
0: (laughs) Just that delivery of her last line there. I let him in. And then we get more screams. More screams. So many... This scene is just gold right here. This is the one that's been screenshot to death. Santa walks out from behind the corner, acts in his hand, and sinisterly asks... Naughty or nice? Yeah. And just... Mary Ellen Trainer helplessly frozen in place, just repeatedly screaming no. And that's the end of our story.
1: Yeah, that's such a good episode.
0: It was so good. And she's so good at just screaming bloody murder. Underrated scream queen. Mm hmm. But for now, that's it. We cut back to the Crypt Keeper, who's now taken off the creepy Santa mask and set it aside next to the fire. Much better. He's decorated in here a little bit with some tinsel. I like that. Yeah. He's festive. Even the crypt keeper likes a little festive decorating. <laughs> yeah. How was that for a scream, Poison Ghouls? I think that was his first boys and Ghouls of the series. Oh, really? It's a milestone. Yeah, he didn't say it in the first one. Look at the stuff you pick up. I missed that totally. Was also kind enough to let us know we don't need to worry about little Carrie. That's a relief. She was only mentally traumatized. Phew. He doesn't say that much. All he says was. This particular Santa preferred older women. In pieces, that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got one final dorky pun of the evening. Just goes to show you. Be careful what you ask for for Christmas. You just might get it. <laughs> And that's it, folks.
1: Ah, such a good episode. But what is that, like 22 minutes chock full of holiday fun?
0: Yeah, and, and no interruptions, because it's HBO, so they didn't have to put commercials in it. So this is a very tight episode, but it packs a lot of story in here. Yes. And with with not a lot of details, just gives us as much as we need to know about every character going on. Mm-hmm. Only the backstory we need, and it, it's just a very perfect little Christmas story Yeah, that I'm glad you brought up, so thank you. You're very welcome. I'm happy to have to have unknowingly
1: given you this present.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, this was a good time. I haven't really covered a lot of Christmas horror on the podcast yet, but as soon as you mentioned this one, I said, yes, definitely start with this.
1: Well, I'd also like to share um, with you that we have a Christmas episode from 2020, I believe. It's okay. all horror uh, Christmas movies. Okay. With, uh, poster artist Neil Frazier from the UK. All right. And so that's got some cool little nuggets that you may also not be familiar with. Um, lots of Santa slashing here and there.
0: <laughs> I'll have to check that out. I'll put those in the show notes. But, Jamie, if people want to gift wrap your head and keep it from getting stains on the couch, where can they find you on the internet?
1: Well, you can find me on the world wide webs at fave5fromfans.com, all written out. Uh, I'm also a lot of interaction on Twitter at fave the number five from fans. Um, I take uh, monetary donations, um, I'll take, you know, Christmas eggnog or uh, fruitcakes mm. um, to use as weapons later on. Yeah. Um, I, we're also on uh the Instagram and we tick tock sometimes. Really? So all of that should be fave five from fan. Yes, sir.
0: Okay. I'm I'm not on TikTok.
1: Yeah. Uh I'm just learning how to to do it, it's you know that's what I've got a fifteen-year-old daughter for, so she's been helping <laughs> me with that.
0: <laughs> my wife like sends me the TikToks that she wants me to see, so she's my <laughs> she's my TikTok curator.
1: But we're always looking for uh, new ideas for episodes and new guests. So if you have something that you're passionate about, uh, please reach out to me, and uh, I'd love to have you in the show. We come out every Friday, and my other show, Complete Disarray, comes out whenever I feel like it.
0: Yeah, please give those a listen. They're a fun time, uh, and again, you can find those links in the show notes. You can find wherever I'm hanging out online at linktreecom slash advent house You can find every episode of the Advent Calendar House at adventcalendar.house. Thank you all again for listening. Next episode, we cover another tragic holiday demise, but it's much brighter fare. Talk to you all in a couple days. Till then, for Jamie Ray. From halfway up a ladder on the side of your house, this is Mike Westfall saying, beware of the icy patch. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Pleasant dreams, y'all. Next time on the Advent Calendar House. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. Been an awful good girl, Santa baby. So hurry down the chimney to me